answering. Um, and Jesse, if you'd like to, do you have any questions lined up? Well, well, I first off want to say I'm enjoying this uh, podcast. I'm learning a lot and I'm really learning about the representative, Mr. Luzano. Um, I also want to thank you for taking your time. I know that you're busy and like you said, you have kids. So I also <laughs> want to thank you for your time, for taking this time and, and, and having to t a talk with some older kids about <laughs> Things that are, are important. Um, I have a I I ha I have this committee hearing notice from last April, and there are two subjects which say, and I quote, the study allocation and use of state resources to pre to preventative and rehabilitative services that address the primary challenges facing Texas youth placed in the Texas juvenile system including the redirection of the resources as necessary to ensure effectiveness and efficiency. Mm -hmm. I also quote, studies the program service and governmental focus on the rehabilitation of youth, of youth offenders include considerations related to the de development factors that impact a youth entry into the justice system, end quote. Mm -hmm. Can you please break down for, break down these for us and what main points stood out in the hearing. And I'm referring back to the hearing of April, last April. Okay, the April hearing uh, focused primarily on make sure that to the greatest extent possible that a child that goes into that juvenile system, um, that it's not a dead end, that they're not condemned to a lifetime of, of being a troublemaker. There was a time not too long ago when there were police officers handcuffing elementary kids or zip tying because they're rowdy. I mean, they, they were biting the teacher. I, I can understand why there's panic, but pepper spray, this was not too long ago and we banned that in the legislature. Some very deep rooted problems in those children being met with so much force by law enforcement at such a young age, they're never going to trust or like the police. They're going to hate authority even more. Um, and just like the regular state prison system, there's a high rate of recidivism, which is someone that goes in because they committed an offense will get out, and a large number of them go back in for committing another offense. I feel like for children, that should not be happening. Like, and if our, our, if our juvenile justice system is, is creating or, or exacerbating mental health problems, like we found out recently that some parents allege that their kids in juvenile detention are being, because there's not enough staff, they're in their cell 23 hours. And, and the rates of attempted suicide have shot up they're making the problem worse. And it's supposed to be rehabilitated. It's supposed to be, um, if it's substance abuse, if it's violence uh, towards others, the state's supposed to rehabilitate them. And I don't ever want a parent to feel like that they're being locked up and the key's being thrown away. Mm -hmm. it sh that's not what it should be. Ch children are still malleable, you know? Even even the, the most troubled child, 
I, I believe that if they find the right setting with, with love and attention, um, that they can trust again and they can be reformed. So, I, again, it's just like, I, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, Representative Lozano, we see life skills counselors in schools as a first responder, like an early detection hub, a place where someone is who could help ease stress and relax tensions, help students with mental health troubles, explore and adjust, coordinate resources, something like that. My question has two parts. Can a school board's ISD budget to hire life skills counselor? Are the state resources to help ISD, or is there, I'm sorry, state resources for ISDs to support life skills counselors on staff for campuses? Um, th there, needs, there needs to be. Um, one of the first things, whenever schools face tight budgets, um, it, it used to be that the first programs they would cut would be like vocational tech programs. Um, it was called home, ec when, home, home economics when I was in school, but that was our version of life skills. Like I learned everything in there. Uh, I even learned how to cook, <laughs> um, how to write a check, balance a checkbook, like just basic everyday life skills. I learned that in there. And, and what's happened is, is as school districts uh, started cutting those programs, they realized that um, it was having the opposite effect. Like, for example, uh, TSTC in, in Harlingen is uh, one of those schools that when they get a child from high school that's already certified in in, a, in an area, it could be in, in nurse, uh, nurse assistant, welding man those those kids thrive because they're already yeah. if it wasn't for those programs many of those kids wouldn't go on to higher ed mm -hmm. tstc's higher ed everything after high school is higher education but in high school those were the programs that actually interested them so if they only had to go for algebra uh english history they might drop out of school or they might give up, but sometimes you, you, you take a course in school that's more hands-on and it shows you honestly that the, the old assumption on who was intelligent was like, who can read Moby Dick and write an essay, a 20 page essay? Yeah, they're intelligent. Well, so is someone who can weld at the age of 16. Like there, there's, it, the old school was, that wasn't, that was, it wasn't down on, but it wasn't like elevated to, man, he can get a job at, at age 18. Mm -hmm. and, and so when I finished college, when I finished high school, um, my, I remember my freshman year, the spring semester. So after, after one semester at college, I talked to a friend that was back in Cremont because I heard he had bought 10 acres and he was building a small house. We're 19 years old, you know? And I'm like, his name was Gabby. I'm like, hey, Gabby, what's up, man? And, hey, dude, did you, buy, did you buy land? He's like, yeah, I'm working in the oil field. And so the, the semester I was at UT, he went for those six months and he got some kind of diesel mechanic thing and he was making a lot of money. Um, and, and so, 
it, it's changed the perspective on what higher education should be, which is providing us outcomes, uh, giving you the greatest return on your investment for your tuition. If you graduate from college with a four-year degree and you can't find a job, but someone with the life skills training, with um, be also because of life skills, they might be able to weather a storm, a mental storm, like a period in their life when, they're, when there's something stressful happening because of the life skills that they picked up, the, the course that the course taught, they're able to cope with that anxiety and they're stronger mentally. Um, there's just so many benefits to, to the life skills counselor that for the state of Texas, it's, it's, a, it's a great investment. Thank you, Chair, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. So Javier, I understand you have a story you share with us. I know you mentioned it last time we met, but it'd be great if uh, Representative Lozano could also hear it. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, so kind of going back to what you were saying about students getting second chances. Well, I knew a cheerleader and she was amazing. She was a, the greatest performer. And unfortunately, when they the team was going to an away game to cheer, they do the uh, canine checks and she was caught with marijuana. And so because of that, she was put in handcuffs in front of the entire cheer team. She was put into the police car and detained and then sent to a juvenile detention center and then now has a record. And so where we see life skills counselors can come in is that they would act as a first responder. So rather than the student getting a record, uh, the life skills counselor would act as the first responder and take uh, a hold of that situation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a perfect example of, of when we don't need the heavy hand of law enforcement. It, the, her whole future is ahead of her. I think it's, I think law enforcement has changed. Uh, it used to be like, like that <laughs> where they would, if you were driving with the, uh, suspended driver's license, they would pull six police cars behind you. You know, like, like if you're a huge threat to society, that there have to be six police officers for one person. Um, in this case, when it's a minor, someone that's under 18, the impact of that is, it's, it's horrendous mentally. Uh, especially not, not to mention the embarrassment like of, of your classmates, but just uh, being deprived of your liberty for something that for some, for most people that, that do marijuana is, is honestly, a, it's a medicine for them. They treat anxiety with it. Um, I'll be honest, when I was like growing up, it was during the say no to drugs. And, and so we were taught that marijuana was like, just like the other drugs, just like heroin, just, it was just as bad as every single drug. So till this very day, <laughs> I have never done marijuana. 
because I was so like traumatized that I remember I wrote an essay in high school, like for my English class about like, we should increase punishment or it was like, basically based on my, uh, based on what I was seeing in magazine articles, there's a lot of science that shows that it has a, a, a positive medical impact. Now, the, the difference between 1997, when I was writing that paper and today, based on what I've heard, and, and honestly, I have friends that, that do marijuana, um, that the, the strains today, the type of marijuana is much more potent today, like a hundred times more potent. Um, and not every, every young mind uh, can handle that. So for some kids, honestly, it could have, uh, it, it could slow down cognition in the brain. It's, it's, it's not the equivalent of, of like, of, of like getting hit in football. So like you're, you're kind of, or a boxer, like if you, if you've heard of those boxers that they box and then their speech starts slurring later in life. But if, if they do it enough, it does slower, it does lower cognition. You will hear a little bit slower. So there's some, I really believe that, that if it, if it was allowed medically, that, the scientific community could perfect it and regulate it so that um, obviously it, it'd be not allowed for children. Once your brain's fully developed, then it's okay. I, it, but if it's a high school student that's caught with marijuana, it's not life or death. And they sh obviously should be given a second chance, a third chance. I mean, that's something that no one's life should be ruined over. It shouldn't be on their record. Like if it's personal use, if it's like pounds of weed, <laughs> you know, that's, she's a trafficker. She's Pablo Escobar's uh, sister or something. I don't want to go off script, uh, Chair, but that that's exactly what I told this uh, group is, I understand that, but my thing I've wanted to know, and, and maybe I asked Armando and I've asked Ana, and I want to clarify with you, that drug is okay it's whatever right it's been used for medical uh, medical use but i said cocaine is not fentanyl is not and how close we are to the border um there's where i i there's where i asked where do we i mean I, and this is nothing but because you're here and, and i want to ask yeah you, absolutely. It, it, there's it where do we draw the line do we draw yeah. the line in marijuana do we draw the line on xanax do we draw where do we draw the line and 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 it, it is 100% off script, but I no. just want, I mean, Absolutely. I just want to know is, is like yeah. you said, there yeah. is marijuana, it goes on the record, that, that is, in my opinion, uh, it's marijuana. I personally, I've never done it, and I've never planned to do it, uh, but, okay, right, eh, but cocaine, fentanyl, I mean, a diabetic could touch fentanyl, one drop of fentanyl, and he's out. Yeah. He's out. He's dead. Yeah. So, that's what I'm asking. I had, we draw the line? So I had a, I had a, a bill, uh, a bill, my, I think it was my second session and it was increasing the punishment uh, for those that sell synthetic marijuana because synthetic marijuana, if, if you remember, it's, it's not even pot. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's is that, referred, is that referred to as K2? Yes. Spice okay. K2. So it's potpourri and it's laced. 
it's sprayed with chemicals, uh, rat stuff that's found in like raid or yeah, like rat poison and, and, and they hallucinate and it creates like one hit and some people uh, end up in the ER with palpitations and they're never the same again. Um, and so I had a bill to increase the, the punishments for those that sold K2 and this one state rep who I thought was going to be all for it was like, oh no, I'm, I'm for all of it. And I said, I thought he meant all of, and let me tell you what the bill was doing. So basically what the, the people that were making K, K2, what they were doing was when they tested the, when the crime lab would test the substance that they confiscated, it would have a certain chemical formula, uh, like a chemistry formula. Mm-hmm. And so they would change one element in, in, in a lab. And so then they couldn't be prosecuted because the statute had a formula and this one was not identical. So, mm-hmm. so they were a prosecution. Yeah. And so my, my bill was just making it any, anything that branches off from that uh, backbone formula. Um, no matter what the change is, it's spice, it's K2. And, yeah. and this one state rep told me, oh no, I'm for all of it. And I said, you're for all of the variations of K2? He goes, no, I'm for all drugs. And his argument was pe- people should be free to do whatever they want. It's their body. They should be able to ingest what they want. It's their personal liberty. And that freaked me out because I'm like, you're for heroin and crack? And like, and, and, and I still have that mentality where I still don't feel like marijuana would open up the others to like what's, what's called the slippery slope argument, which is, oh, you do that this year. Well, next year it's going to be this stuff. Yeah. Um, but that is a huge, a huge risk, especially what we've noticed since they've legalized marijuana in some states uh, like Colorado. That's, that's when they kind of took off in making all these different variations of pot. Like they have different names and uh, stuff that's far more potent. So back to the original question, like I, I, I don't think that uh, anyone should be criminalized for personal, having it on yourself. Uh, the life of that person should not be over or tarnished, um, especially if they're under 18. That is a concern though, the, the, the slippery slope, but I, I, I don't see it happening. Like I don't see them trying to legalize, like aside from that one rep that is no longer here, <laughs> he, he, I don't think he got, he didn't run again uh, or, or maybe he got beat. But aside from him, I've never met another rep who was like for legalizing anything other than marijuana. Cool. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I went off script on, I, I was, it was just a, no, that's a question, a great that question. I, I couldn't resist asking. Yeah, it's a great question.